Welcome, Rams fans, to the latest episode of the 11 Personnel Podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am Rich Hammond, Rams beat writer for The Athletic. Very pleased to be joined again by Joe Curley of the Ventura County Star, longtime sports reporter in Southern California, been with around the Rams since they came back in 2016. Joe, haven't talked to you in a while. Uh, I remember the last time we saw each other, we had lunch. I'm going to guess that was about two months ago. It feels like it was about a year and a half ago. Uh, so how are you doing? And uh, thanks for joining us. And, and how are things going with you? No problem. Um, I am, um, you know, about as uh, well equipped to work at home as anybody. I've been doing it uh, for well before it was in vogue. But uh, the problem is now I've got, uh, you know, little ones running around and all kinds of, you know, trying to do the wash. And it's 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 uh, it's not like it was uh, a month ago. But uh, you know, we do as best we can. I've actually published stories which is a i consider one of my great uh, achievements in journalism uh you know doing any right. sort of journalism during this uh, um this current state um actually just filed a story on golfing there is actual sporting events in ventura county these days it's the hub of southern california at the moment because uh, our uh, fearless leaders have opened up the golf courses and all of Southern California is now swarming this week uh, to, to Ventura County. So um, just filed that this morning. You can read it at vcstar.com and um, it's a work in progress like everything. Yeah, I, I imagine. I, I think we could go out and do stories like the, there's probably going to be a little Rams like golf tournament out there. I can I can <laughs> yeah. certainly see Jared Goff and Andrew Whitworth and I don't know who else, Johnny Hecker, maybe yeah. some of these guys. I know I know they've been itching. Uh, Jared Goff was saying on this conference call the other day, you know, he hasn't he hasn't been able to play around. He actually set up like a little putt putt course in his nice. living room. So I, you can tell these guys. Uh, you know, being being young professional athletes, they're they're pretty antsy. But hopefully, everybody does the safe things out there. I hope everybody's doing well. We say this every week, um, but everybody processes things in a different way. Hope you're all handling your lives as as well as you can. And uh, we're we're grateful to be able to to do this to have the work and uh, to talk about the Rams and and Joe. This is they don't in terms of the NFL, they don't get much bigger than this week because uh, we're we're here recording on on Tuesday afternoon. The NFL draft uh, for most teams will start on Thursday for the Rams. <laughs> per annual tradition, will will not be taking part in the first round of the draft uh, unless they they trade back in. Uh, so so they'll wait until Friday to to make their first uh, scheduled their two scheduled picks in in the second round. Um, so Joe, we just got off a, a conference call, video conference call with both uh, Les Snead and Sean McVay. As you might expect, they didn't reveal too much. These things never uh, are super heavy on details, but I think we gleaned a couple things, right? I mean, there's a little talk about wide receivers and, and what they might do there in the aftermath of Brandon Cooks. There was a little talk about the offensive line and what they might do in terms of maybe finding a replacement for for Andrew Whitworth. So, what do you think, Joe? If, did you have time to read between the lines at all? Did did you glean any any information, any nuggets there from from what Les and Sean said that that might give you 
uh, some insight to, to how the Rams might approach the second or the third round? You know, it's really funny. Um, I was thinking earlier today, trying to come up with one memorable thing from any of the pre-draft press conferences that we've had in the, what is it, four or five years now since they've been back. And um, right. I couldn't think of couldn't think of one memorable thing. But, you know, you have to ask the questions about trading and value and, you know, just to kind of get them to kind of talk a little bit about their state of mind going into, you know, what is, like you said, one of the bigger weeks of, of this in any season. Um, you know, but I, I do, you know, the, the fact that you had some news that they hadn't reacted yet kind of helped us a little bit where you talk, you know, ask, um, you know, somebody asked about Brandon Cooks, obviously someone asked about uh, the offensive line and, um, you know, we had a, a, a COVID-19 question in there. You know, I think that w- my two yeah. takeaways were kind of the vote of confidence that Josh Reynolds and really the offensive skill set, uh, skill positions got um, from Coach McVay. And, um, you know, just the little crack that Les Need made about, um, you know, Andrew Whitworth potentially playing uh, Tilly's 50, which may or may not, uh, you know, um, crack you know force a smile in that household obviously that, that i think was it sean said that <laughs> melissa whitworth um you know wasn't sure she wanted him to keep playing but um you know i i and then the the joke is obviously they talk about receiver and they talk about offensive line what they have on the roster and so yeah you know the first two picks on friday are going to be receiver and offensive line so um you know they're yeah. obviously uh keeping the cards close to the vest but yeah, I think when you when when you, the Cooks trade goes through, the first thing you think about is, you know, the depth that they have at that position, and you think of Josh Reynolds being his potential, you know, big play, you know, obviously a big moment for him in his career. Can Josh Reynolds step do what he's done on a limited scale over the last couple of years and step into the offense, uh, you know, the starting lineup and and you know be the productive player they the the value cheap productive player that they need at that position in, in so many spots around the roster to, you know, so they don't have to go out and spend money, any more money on, the, on that position. Yeah. I want to talk about re- receivers, but you, you, there are a couple of things in there that I, I probably should have mentioned uh, off the jump. Um, so I'll circle back in a second. Sure. One, one of them was the, you mentioned the COVID-19 since we last recorded, uh, we, we learned, don't ask me what day it was. I have no idea. That we learned sometime last week. <laughs> what day is today? Exactly. Uh, yeah, Tuesday, according to my computer. So uh, I'll go with that. <laughs> but I think it was last Wednesday that, that we learned uh, that, that Brian Allen, Rams uh, backup offensive lineman, uh, did test positive for, for COVID-19. Uh, fortunately, by all accounts, he seemed to have a mild case of it. Uh, was still dealing with some symptoms, but... Uh, seem to be kind of coming out the other side of it. So definitely glad to hear that. Everybody else uh, in his family and stuff seemed like uh, they they were okay. Uh, we learned that the Rams closed their facility. They were still allowing uh, rehabbing players to come in and do some work. And Brian Allen was one of those guys. And mm-hmm. uh, he uh, they shut down the facility for two weeks. Uh, and uh, they have reopened it now. So everybody is back in there. And we just learned today that uh, according to Sean McVay, uh, there's no other uh, positive tests or, or anything like that. So, so that's a good sign. The other thing I wanted to mention is 
the uniforms, I, I don't know. <laughs> We're trying to, uh, you know, the, the Chargers released their updated uniforms this morning and everybody went crazy. And, and my Twitter feed is now filled with people asking, you know, when the Rams are going to release theirs. I don't know. I understand the uh, eagerness to see them. Uh, we knew all along that it wasn't going to happen until after the draft. I don't anticipate that that's going to change that there's going to be any surprise unveiling. So going to have to wait. I don't know. I haven't seen them. I promise everybody, as soon as I know something, I will let you know. It will be my first priority is to let everybody know when I know something about the uniforms. But Joe, let's talk about the receivers because the Rams have traded Brandon Cooks. He was a big part of that offense. Uh, This is a very good draft from what we're told for receivers. So you look at it, you put those two dots together, and you say, well, it's obvious they're going to draft a receiver, right? I'm not so sure because not only because of Josh Reynolds that we've talked about, and still have Brandon, uh, they still have Robert Woods, still have Cooper Cup, and beyond that, I think we're going to see a little bit of a transition in this offense, um, maybe a little bit more of that 12 personnel where you're talking about two tight ends on the field and, and only two receivers. And I, I think that changes things a little bit. And, and given the other needs, and I want to go into that a little bit more too, but given the other needs and, and given that potential change in the scheme, I don't know, Joe. You've got, you've got two second-round picks there, and there's going to be some good receivers there. There's no question about that. But, but do you go that early with one, or do you maybe look until that late third round or maybe even the fourth round uh, before you maybe look at one of those second tier guys or even a third tier guy. I mean, I think it's going to deter. You know, we're going to figure out what exactly Coach McVeigh and Les Need feel about Josh Reynolds. I mean, right now, yeah. Josh Reynolds is an important part of the offense. If you know, if they go and 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 use that second rounder or third rounder on him, um, you know, then on a receiver, then you know, we know that you know he's just a depth piece. A depth piece. If um, you know, I, I think, you know, part of, uh, you know, what they do is going to, you know, um, you know, going to tell us a lot, help a heck of a lot more than, you know, what they just told us. That's that said, um, I think if you look at the roster, you know, receivers fine. I mean, part of the reason why, um, you know, in that press conference, they mentioned that they weren't looking the way they framed it was they weren't looking to trade cooks. They actually had resisted trading cooks, but then when the offers became, good enough when they got the opportunity to get a second round pick um you know they they you know reevaluated their position on that and you know if you look at it they really weren't able to use Brandon Cooks in this offense as much as they you know last year you know right. you know than previously so you know does this offense need another receiver especially when you had the breakout the back end of the year of Tyler Higby um, you know, you mentioned 12 personnel. I mean, people forget, I, you know, it's seared in my mind that when Sean McVay was hired by the Rams, he was coming off a season where he was, he was the offensive coordinator of a team that had used 13 personnel the most in the NFL. So, right. you know, really it's the personnel dictating, um, you know, the roster dictating the personnel usage. Uh, you know, I think we had so much 11 personnel because those were the that was the best you know you had the most talent on the field um, based on that roster. I've been saying for years that you know I would like this offense to grab um, you know a veteran tight end that can help with the blocking 
um, and free up Higby and Everett to be more of a pass catcher, to, to have less of a, of a blocking, um, you know, part, you know, uh, that's obviously a, you know, yeah. you know, tangential, but you know, I, I do think, right. um, you know, there's, they're not set at receiver. They'll probably draft a receiver, but I don't think it's one of the main priorities coming into this draft. Yeah, I agree. I think it was very well said. I, I agree across the board. My, my thought, and you know, I, I'd kind of said, I didn't, I didn't think they were going to trade Brandon Cooks initially because I thought the goal was to kind of get the offense back to where it was, you know, kind of right. stabilize the offensive line and then do what you need to do with the running game and then keep rolling with that 11 personnel. I, I don't think that's where they're headed. I think they're headed in a different direction, whatever it might be. So it's not that Brandon Cooks was was expendable, but, but you're right, Joe. I mean, he had 42 catches last year and, yeah. uh, you know, to – to think that you're just going to replace that and and roll with the same things that you did in 2019, I, I don't think that's the plan at all. Um, so I, I definitely expect them to, to draft a receiver purely for depth, if, if nothing else. Uh, but by, I think you said it really well there, Joe, and I, I think it ex- extends to the defensive side of the ball too. I think we're going to learn a lot ab- about where the Rams are headed with the, with the draft picks that they make. We don't know a lot about this defense either, and it's, it's a little mm-hmm. it's a little frustrating on on our end because trying to figure out you know what are they going to do, what types of players are they uh, looking at, what types of skill sets do they value, and we don't know because we've never seen a Brandon Staley defense before. So I, I think we're going to be able to work backward a little bit and say, okay, these are the guys who they drafted. Those are their skill sets. That These are where they'd fit in, you know, where they'd fit in. And, and okay, then maybe this is what the defense is going to look like or this is what the offense is going to look like. So I, I'm looking forward to, to it uh, from that perspective, just to kind of start maybe putting those puzzle pieces together and uh, see what the Rams believe they need and and see maybe where, where some of those pieces are going to fit together. So, if we agree, Joe, that uh, neither one of us would would take a receiver early, okay? We're looking at fifty two and fifty seven. I got to be honest, Joe. There's no thought in my mind that the Rams make both of those draft picks. Yeah. Just knowing what we know about Les Snead, and even Sean McVay today made a joke about Les Snead, you know, trading draft picks. What was it? Two was it two years ago where they literally traded every pick, every pick. that they were scheduled to make? It got so weird that I think. I think they traded one pick and then got the same pick back later in the draft. So Les Need, Les Need is a man confident in his draft board, willing to move up and down. Yeah, to grab there's no the guy question about it. Yeah. But for the, for the purposes of, of you know, let, let's assume let's assume that that things go uh, where they are right now. I, I had a tough time, Joe, because I, I tried to do a couple mock drafts. I looked at running back because I think at some point the Rams need to draft a running back. Uh, I looked at uh, offensive line. I, I still think they need to present themselves with at least one more option at, at tackle, at least down the line. I look at linebacker, both you know one of the inside spots and and maybe an edge rusher. And and these are all positions where you could get somebody pretty good with with one of those second round picks. So. Where are you leaning on this? Is that is that too early for a running back? Would you wait? Would you wait on an offensive tackle? I mean, how if you're sitting there at 52 and 57, what are you looking at? What are you prioritizing? Well, I mean, let's 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 be honest. This is a, a this is a team that has turned over all three coordinators. This is a team that has had a massive amount 
of roster turnover on the defensive side of the ball, which is, it's obvious that, I don't know if you want to call it a rebuild or retooling, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, this is not going to be the same, you know, whether or not Brockers is back or not, this is, you know, um, you know, with, with that change, the, um, you know, this is going to be a, a totally different defense. Um, and so I do think there's some priorities on that defense to get, you know, to, to, you know, it's, it's obvious that they looked when he hired Staley that, you know, they looked at their personnel and they said, this is not the personnel that we want with the new system. And right. we have to go out and, um, you know, I imagine when, it, you know, my prediction would be we get to Saturday night and we say, this was a, as much as offense, you know, this is an offense-based team with an offensive head coach and, you know, offense is what pays the bills with this team and they're going to be relying on their offense to win games. You know, I, I think your lead on Saturday, if I had to guess, is defense first or is some sort of defensive storyline coming out. This We'll know a lot more about what um, this defense is going to look like on Saturday night. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. And I, I think I got sucked into, you know, doing the mock drafts. You, you, you look more toward the offensive guys just because they're, you know, they're more eye catching, you know, they're yeah, the, the skill position players or, or what you look at, but, but you look at that, that defense and I, I, even beyond the positions we talked about, I mean, the secondary, there's, there's not a lot of depth at, at safety right now. I mean, they, they've got John Johnson, yeah. Taylor Rapp stepping in as he was a, you know, most of the year starter or half of the year starter, uh, last year, but beyond that, there's not really any depth. I mean, Marky Christian is still out there. He didn't end up signing with the Jets, so I, I presume he could come back. Cornerback, uh, uh, you, you obviously have Jalen Ramsey. You have Troy Hill, who performed very well. I, I would expect uh, you know those two guys to hold down the starting jobs. But then beyond that, you need to find a, a nickel corner. They think David Long can can maybe step into that role, but he's untested. And and then you have Darius Williams, and you don't really have a whole lot of depth beyond there either. So <laughs> there's there's more positions there. Uh, linebacker again, Joe. I think we're going to find out kind of how they feel about some of these guys who are already there, whether it's a Micah Kaiser or a Trevin Howard, a Troy Reader, some of these guys who got a little bit of a taste of it last year. Uh, you know, depending on how they draft, I, I think that gives us a little bit of a tell to um, how they feel about some of those young guys and, and their ability to step in. And then outside, you know, guys like uh, Samson Abicam and, and Obo Okoronkwo, uh, you know, how do they feel about those guys? Are they ready? So again, it's it's going to be a very revealing process. And 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 I agree. In in my mock draft, my last mock draft, I had them going with four four defensive players and three offensive players. But I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if it That's was you know more like uh, five or two or something like that. But the the big the thing I think. Um... That's interesting to me on the defensive side, specifically a position is edge. You know, you look at Samson Ebukam two years ago, coming off that amazing game with the Chiefs, and they go out and he goes from being a key player on the defense or like a rising prominent player on the defense to right. they go and get Matt, they, they recruit over him and they go and, get, and bring in Clay Matthews. And now he's no longer kind of an everyday starter. He's in a rotation, he's in the mix. You know, it, it can't, you know, is Samson Ebukam a starting edge? in this league or are they going to have to spend you know one of those higher picks to you know replace the two starting edges they lost 
yeah, I think that's uh, it's it's definitely a, a hinge year for him. I mean, it's it's kind of a make yeah. or break year. That's a very cliche thing to say, but I, I think you've seen it in in glimpses. It was just a few weeks ago then when they replayed that Rams Chiefs game, uh, and and he was a beast in that game. Oh. I mean, he was just all over the place. So so you've he won the game. Yeah, he did. He really did. I mean, all the points, defensive touchdowns. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, the offense, you know, everybody remembers it for all the offense. But yeah, he, he played a huge role there. So so we've seen it. We've seen it. We just haven't seen it consistently. Uh, so mm-hmm. whether or not he can take that step forward, I, I think it's probably his his year uh, to prove that. But but Joe, let's let's finish the, the draft talk with one thing. Running back, and and again, I I did a, I did a first mock draft a few weeks ago, three weeks ago. I had the Rams taking Clyde Edwards-Helaire out of LSU early on. I I saw people said you know in the response like yeah you know good player don't take a running back that high that's too don't you know with all the other needs wait till the third or fourth round. So I said okay I'm going to do another mock draft. And I, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait until the third or fourth round. <laughs> and I ended up taking Clyde Edwards-Helaire again in the second round. But Joe, I just I, I think that you don't you can't mess around with that position. You look at the guys they have right now. Malcolm Brown has been a very capable backup, and and when Todd Gurley's been out, he's stepped in and uh, performed you, you know admirably. You have Daryl Henderson, who people think highly of, but he was did not have a bigger role last year as people expected for whatever reason. You've got John Kelly, who's been kind of bouncing back and forth with the practice squad. And that's it. That's all you have at running back. And there's no indication that uh, any veteran is going to come in or anything like that. So I don't know, Joe, do you, do you wait? Can you wait until a, a third round to get like a Zach Moss or, or, or somebody like that? Uh, A.J. Dillon from Boston College? Or do you use one of those big picks early on and say, all right, you know, we, we need another piece in here, whether whoever it might be. There's there's about three or four running backs who could fall into that range, to, depending on how things go. Uh, is, is that a mistake? I, I, I've if it is, I've made it twice. So is is that a mistake to to go that high on a running back? Well, let's see. You you they just cut a running back who you spent a top ten pick on, who gave you you know two or three of the most productive years of anybody this decade, but he leaves with an, an enormous, you know, cap cost. And, um, you know, he, he leaves you right out. You know, the, you look at Todd Gurley and, and, you know, it's the rise and fall and everything volatile about that position. And so, you know, I think running back is a position where you say, yes, we have a need, but, you know, I like the two pieces they have there. Brown and Henderson can be a nice little complimentary um, you know, complimentary group where you've got, you know, Brown could be the short yards guy or the first and second down guy. Henderson can be somebody who steps in on third down. And then, you know, if he pops, he can earn himself more carries. You know, you can use Henderson in very, you know, different roles. You can use them together in a 22 personnel. Um, I kind of like that as a foundation for this year at that position. You give Henderson a year to really see what you got. Obviously Brown has some injury issues. So you maybe you do need some more depth there. I would love to, you know, John Kelly in, in spots in the preseason has looked like somebody that you could, you know, give the ball to um, eventually and, and, and get some production out of him. So I think it's like receiver where you've got some pieces there. It's not a, you know, you do need some depth, but it's not like you need to, to reach and, and, and use a second rounder and find, 
you know, kind of a, a, a you know, define your offense with a running back. I, you know, I do. The other thing about it is, you know, um, the Rams have had a lot of success in the UDFA game. I think running back is a perfect position to yeah. go out and bring in some UDFA. Say, hey, you know, we just got, you know, we just cut Todd Gurley. We have a job here. Let's recruit quality UDFAs, talented guys to that role. And maybe, it, you know, at the on Saturday when they're making these calls or whenever, you know, I know that's in flux, but whenever they make those calls, you know, maybe they're, they end up with a, with a, you know, somebody that pops, uh, at, you know, from a value perspective or somebody who's actually plays from a, a UDFA acquisition. So, you know, I think that position, especially when, you know, you do have a lot of needs on defense, on the offensive line in valuable positions, tackle, um, you know, that would be lower in my priority list. Um, but maybe, you know, it's because I, I do see there, there has been times where a Brown Henderson connection could be complimentary. Um, you know, that's a, maybe a partnership that can get you through maybe half a year or a full year and kind of get you to the other side. And then maybe next year you, you, you spend big on that position. Hmm. Good thought. Yeah, no, I, I definitely could see that. And again, like we've been talking about some of these other positions, uh, I think we learn a lot, you know, depending on what they do at that running back spot. I think it probably speaks to uh, particularly maybe Daryl Henderson, you know, kind of how they feel about his ability. So uh, I, I love this draft. I mean, I am I'm kind of invested in this draft just to just to see the uh, decisions that the Rams make. We might not see the big names necessarily, uh, but, but I think uh, w- who they target, what positions they target in, in what rounds, I, I think is really going to say a lot uh, about uh, not only about their their personnel, but but where they're headed with some of this stuff. So I'm I'm not trying to hype it up beyond what it is, but uh, I, I'm really really curious to see kind of what they what they do. So uh, yeah. we'll find out uh, starting. Well, we we'll probably won't find out anything until Friday, but it'll be interesting to watch Thursday uh, nonetheless and and see how things shake out. But but Joe, before we before we part. Uh, one of the things we, we just published on the on the athletic uh, website and, and app is uh, the results of our fan survey we did over the past few days. We've been doing these for all of our uh, pro sports in, in the Southland. Uh, just throwing some questions out there to the fans, uh, a variety of, of topics, and got great response on, on the Rams. Got 499 responses. I was holding off, holding, <laughs> hoping somebody would be number 500 just so my ADD would uh, would uh, would you know be satisfied, but uh, but it didn't happen. So 499 is is a great number. And and Joe, I, I kind of did this on Twitter a little bit last night. I, I was curious to see kind of what the um, predictions would be uh, obviously some of these people voted but I, I was curious what people thought the the uh, answers would be so I'm gonna throw it out to you Joe because I don't you you haven't cheated right you you oh, have not been made aware of, of the results uh, uh, price waterhouse or whatever has not has not provided you the results right I apologize I don't even know the question I meant to take the okay, survey good. and I good, never good. no it's I even better busy. I never got there <laughs> it's even better so Joe I'm gonna throw some of these out to you so I'm not gonna go through Real all responses of them. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go through all of them because some of them are very kind of fan specific. But I'm, I'm curious what you think. I'm not asking you how you would vote, but I'm, I'm curious what you think the uh, reaction will be from the fans. So let's just go through a couple of these because I, I went through and I was particularly curious what people thought about some of these uh, bigger, bigger people. Um, so, so let's. Uh, these are all one through five. Okay, I said one, one equals terrible. <laughs> And and five equals great. Okay, so you could go. You could vote one, two, three, four, five. So so let's start with Stan Kroenke. The question, specific question, was how would you rate 
Stan Kroenke as an owner, and there, and there was a pretty clear winner here in, in terms of one of the numbers. So, so what would what, what's your prediction? Well, uh, this is a franchise that has recently been to the Super Bowl, uh, you know, and, and I'm sure Los Angeles fans are pleased that they have their franchise back. So you got a couple good bumps there. You're about to open one of the more anticipated, you know, stadium developments and man the history of mankind i I imagine um it's probably you know somewhere in the low fours and you know if people really like the stadium i think next year it might be pretty hot you know if the foot football doesn't bottom out i think you know i would think it's strong i'm I'm gonna say low fours yeah see that's what i would have guessed too and and it was a little bit lower i mean the the Mm -hmm. the the highest numbers uh, voted was four I mean, four got about 37% of the vote, so it was the most voted upon number. But it actually skewed a little bit lower if you look at the average. And that surprised me because for other reasons you said, I, I don't know what the what the big negative would, would be. I mean, the Rams spend to the cap now pretty much the last couple of years. Uh, they're just opening or about to open the brand new stadium uh, I, I don't know. It's it's interesting, I Joe, and I won't go through all the responses because I want to get your, your reaction to a couple more of these. But but my takeaway from, from reading through a lot of the responses was I think there's a lot of respect. There's certainly a lot of respect for Stan Kroenke, and I, I think there's appreciation. Uh, but I, I'm not sure that people are convinced that he is really kind of in love with this team. You know what I mean? They Because he is so... Uh, he's a quiet guy. I mean, you, you've heard silent stand for years and years, and and it's not it's not that he's silent. It's just that he doesn't kind of seek that that publicity. He's not a public figure. Uh, doesn't do a lot of interviews. He doesn't put himself out there a whole lot. And and I think people I think people want a little bit more of that. Is is the sense I got from the responses? They're 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 appreciative of what he does. But but the, I think they wish they could know him a little bit more and kind of understand uh, the decisions that he makes and some of his motivations and things like that. So I was surprised that that kind of brought the number down a, a little bit. Uh, but uh, but in in general, I think people are, are appreciative uh, of kind of what he's he's done as an owner. So I. I, I published a lot of the responses there. People can can check them out. But yep. uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe those are some St. Louis fans who, you know, are disappointed they lost their franchise and, and drag those numbers yeah. down a little bit. You know, what if fans want an ownership? They want, you know, a rich version of themselves, who you know, somebody who's a fan. And maybe there's a little right. bit of disconnect where there's, you know, you've got an owner who's got a lot of different um, teams. And, and maybe they, you know, there's some, you know, maybe the, there's a fear. Maybe his attention is is divided a little bit. But I'll say this. If you if you did the same survey for all of his teams. I bet you the Rams number is the highest of that group. Oh, no question. Yeah, no, I did around the time of the Super Bowl. I, I did a radio show in, in London, and trust me, the Arsenal fans yeah. are, are would not quite be uh, giving the, the same results. But you're right, Joe. It's a, it's an interesting uh, thing because I don't think people would want it to go far too far in the other direction and I actually had a, a number of people comment and say, He's not a Jerry Jones, and, and they meant mm. that in a positive way. Fascinating. So it, it is that there's a very delicate balance there between uh, I think people <laughs> don't want that you know that uh, me 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 attitude, but that they also mm. want a little bit of uh, emotion and investment. So <laughs> it's that's a tough balance. It's tough. You balance don't want your them. owner making the picks on Thursday. Let me tell you. No. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. No. That's that's, that's definitely true. true. 
But but let's let's go on. Uh, the next one I had, was, and this is this is going to be the toughest one. So I'm not I won't I won't grade you too hard. But oh, but less need same same scale one uh, through five. I mean it's fascinating. Think of his roller coaster. Um, you know, a, a year or two ago, it was like he got blackjack on five hands in a row. Everything let you know less did came up roses. And then you look at this. I mean, having this survey on off of a, a, a an off season where they've had to let so many big name players walk and right. do so in a way where you, you're leaving yourself in you know not you know in cap you know I don't know, I don't want, I don't know if it's cap jail but certainly putting your the cap is a mess the roster isn't a finished product I mean at this point in time I would think it's a low ebb you know, I think it probably his his uh, conventional wisdom rating or whatever you want to call it is probably the lowest it's been mm-hmm. since the Fisher firing. You know, it's it certainly has had a a bell curve. You know, right. it's gone up and and gone down. So, um, but people love less. You know, you know he, he's got some uh, personality to him. You know, the fans like him. So I'm not going to go too low. I, I I would you know, okay. I would say maybe. Yeah, I'll I'll put right at three, three point oh. I'm not going to dip into the twos, even though I'm thinking about it. But I'll go right at three point oh. Yeah, a little bit higher. I think the average was three point okay. three. So so not and and almost it, when you look at the not top bad. two, people can see when they, when they go to the article, the the, the charts. I, I I embedded the uh, the images of the charts, so you can see the three and the four uh, hmm. numbers are almost identical. So and then and then okay. it skews a little bit more with people voting two and that sort of thing. So. Absolutely, Joe. There's a recency bias there. I can tell mm-hmm. from from the comments. You know, a lot of people uh, having some angst about about this past off season, like you said, about some of the contracts, about what it means for the future, and that sort of thing. I thought there were some good responses in there too. A lot of people were very honest in saying that that the thing they admire about Les is also the thing that frustrates them sometimes, mm-hmm. and, and that. He's a big swinger with with the uh, with the moves that he makes, and, and and I thought people were very fair and honest with that, and saying, yeah, you know, it's it's kind of like I, I like it when it works, and I don't like it when it doesn't, and uh, I, I understand that, and and I was kind of uh, it, it was cool to, to see people uh, being honest about that, and and saying, yeah, you know, when when he's on a hot streak, uh, I love it, and and when he's not on a hot streak, then uh, then I don't love it so much. So uh, again, yeah, I, I think that's a very seasonal thing in terms of that roster and absolutely agree that it's there's a little bit of a bell curve uh, effect there i would bet if i had to guess that rams fans are frustrated with the 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 way the cap and the roster is right now however confident that less can put it together in the next year you know that it's they're, right. they're they haven't lost so much um opinion of him that they want someone else to do it i think they trust Snead right. to uh to get it right again that's that's a good point. I think that's true. I think that there's not. I didn't. I don't think I saw any comments that say you know it needs to be fired or something like that. Yeah. It's just like yeah, you know, you gotta you gotta start to you know get a little bit of a hitting streak again. I, not to continue with the baseball analogy there, but but I think that's that's kind of what it is. I think there's still confidence in there. It's just kind of like hey, let's yeah. let, let's let's keep it between the lines, <laughs> you know, and, a, a little more often. So and, and uh, one thing and one thing about the way the Rams do things. Is you don't really know if it was Sneed or that's right. Um, you know, you don't know who made those. You know, who who drafted Goff. You know, they split that. They wouldn't tell you whose final decision that was back then in the day. You you know, you don't know who ultimately wanted to to give Gurley that money. You don't. You know, some of these. You that's know, right. the GMs sometimes take 
the fall for uh, you know what people above them want to do. That's right, and that's another one of the questions. So uh, that's a good tease. Thank <laughs> you for the tease, Joe. Because one of my other questions was, uh, who do you consider responsible for for the Rams roster moves? And I allowed multiple votes, and they included uh, Les and Sean and Kevin Demoff and Tony Pastors. And Stan Kroenke. So uh, the, I thought the results on that were interesting. We won't go into them now, but I uh, encourage yeah. people to, to go take a look. But, but Joe, before we go, one last one, big one, Sean McVay. Now you talk about that, uh, uh, the curve. I, I want to say too much. So I, I'll throw it to you. One, one okay. through five, what do you think? Uh, where, where did most of the votes go? I mean, I would still think it's it's significantly positive. But then again, this is a team, you know, that didn't make the playoffs last year and the head coach gets uh, the large share of that blame. But, you know, we know coach McVay is somebody who, um, you know, uh, doesn't shirk that blame and shoulders that blame. And, and um, you know, I, I would still say that uh, this fan base uh, is confident in coach McVay. So I will say, what was the, um, Kroenke was in the low four. What was, what was Kroenke's number? Kroenke was low. He was 3.6. Oh, threes. Yeah, I'll say McVay's still in a in the low. Uh, he's in the fours. He's got to be in the in the fours. Yeah, I mean that's good. Four four point three was was the mm-hmm. average, and yeah. and yeah, mm-hmm. almost all, almost everybody. I mean, let's see, my my math is really bad. Four four sixty four out of four ninety seven voted either or four or a five. So obviously yeah. uh, that that's pretty that's pretty good, and uh, the the results there kind of or the comments, I should say, um, you know, a whole lot of love for, for what he's done. I think a little bit of nervousness just about the last year here and uh, the adjustments. That comment came up over and over and over again. Just, you know, love the guy. Think he's a brilliant coach. He's got to be able to adjust better. You can't you can't get stubborn, that sort of thing. So I, I think kind of in line with the with the less comments that we were talking about, a lot of confidence there, and I'd say even more confidence in Sean, uh, but kind of that attitude of like, okay, we, we know you can do the job, Sean. We know we're fully behind you, but let's just get back on track a little bit. So I would say that that opinion is even stronger now uh, for, for Sean than, than it was for less, so very good. If, if you're uh, if you're buying stock in Sean McVay, that was a that was a, that was a good answer uh, for him. So a lot lot more questions. Won't go through them all. I, I thought it was a fascinating thing. Uh, there's stuff in there about the logos. We won't. Maybe we'll do that on the next episode. Uh, the <laughs> colors and all that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it was very very interesting. I, I I was it was enlightening for me. I hope the fans find it interesting too. And like I said in the story. Uh, I, I will use it, you know, just uh, it, it's always as a reporter, as a writer, we should always kind of know what our what our readers are thinking, what they care about and what they uh, value. And, and uh, so I found it very, very helpful. And thank you to everybody who, who participated and, and I hope a lot more people will uh, will come uh, check it out, too. So. Joe, thank you very much. Uh, Ventura County Star, you know, it's, it's such a challenging time for everybody, but, but the work you guys do, not just in sports, uh, but, but to keep the people out here informed. Uh, a lot of, obviously, Rams players, coaches, staffers, a lot of people involved in the team live, live in Ventura County. And uh, to be able to get that accurate information from you guys on a day-to-day basis, uh, it's, it's very much appreciated. So uh, Joe's a, a great follow on Twitter to at VCS. Well, I'm sorry, I'm going to mess it up. What is it, Joe? Joe? Yeah, it's just at VCS Joe Curley. VCS Joe Curley. Yeah. I, I couldn't remember whether there was a Joe <laughs> no in there. Problem. So 
at VCS Joe Curley uh, to keep track of everything that, that's going on. And uh, Joe, we'll, we'll look forward to uh, talking to you again. Maybe we can uh, discuss some of the offseason moves uh, later on down the line. So, so be safe out there, okay? Yeah. No problem. I'll see you on the Zoom calls this weekend, buddy. There you go. Yeah, we'll we'll be doing Zoom calls with the Rams after after every round. So it's it's a, it's an, it's a daily task to uh, you know at least make sure I'm wearing a clean T-shirt before I, I get on the uh, the Zoom call so that you don't become a don't become a meme or something. So, uh, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll be back with everybody. Uh, the plan is on on Monday to uh, to have a new episode to talk about everything that's going on in the draft. Until then, uh, thank you all for reading. I'd encourage you uh, not only to read my draft stuff, uh, (laughs) sounds very self-serving, but uh, I tried to do a good job of previewing the draft. Also check out Dane Brugler's draft guide. It's it's an amazing, amazing thing. And uh, he went through so many prospects. And and if you're looking when the Rams draft these people, if you're looking to find out a little bit more about them, uh, some scouting reports, there's really no better way to do that than than with Dane's uh, guide. So definitely would uh, encourage everybody to check that out. So thank you, everybody, again for listening. I really appreciate it. Hope you're all doing well out there. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the draft. And we will talk to you again on Monday.